Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Black Brew. I'm Aaron, And I'm Joshua. And we're your co-hosts. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone to follow our Instagram, which is at Black Brew Podcast, but also follow our Twitter, which is active now, which is at Black Brew Pod. We recently got a brand new social media manager to take over so that I don't have to do that and edit the podcast episodes. So yes, we have a new social media manager. Um, they, remit, they would like to remain anonymous. They don't want to be perceived, so I will not say their name. Um, be sure to also give us a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to because it would really help our podcast. And also be sure to share this with your friends. So for today, our political topic is going to be the anti-Semitism scandal that's happening on The View right now uh, after Whoopi Goldberg said that the Holocaust wasn't about race uh, and she's now been suspended for two weeks. Later, Josh and I are going to get into a topic about our alma mater's homecoming, College Night. That's right. We're finally going to speak about the musical theater cult that is College Night. Emphasis on cult. (laughs) But first, Josh. Yas. Let's get to some political tea. Shall we? All right. So to begin, I want to provide context for everyone who's listening who has somehow not been keeping up with this, but I imagine that you have if you have any kind of social media account. It's literally so, every um Whoopi Goldberg is a panelist slash moderator on the on the view. Um on uh January 31st, they were talking about uh books being banned from school and so they were talking about mouse and about to kill a mockingbird and they were talking about um mouse being banned and how curriculum across the country has been banned whether it's like banning books banning lesson plans banning like uh historical education all this stuff is being banned obviously by like the conservative right um which is why they're banning things that have to deal with like slavery and the holocaust and so they were talking about you know why people were banning mouse and other books and they were talking specifically about mouse and about the holocaust and what are like the dangers of like not allowing our children to learn about the holocaust and they got a kind of they got into a conversation about like why like people are doing it um and so i'm gonna play a clip uh for you about Willby goldberg about the about, like what she said and then we're gonna talk about what has happened well also if you're yeah. going to do this then let's be truthful about it because The Holocaust isn't about race. No, No, it's not about race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about race. Because it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. Well, but it's not not about race. But these are two white groups of people. How do we have to black people? But you're missing the point. You're missing the point. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, because black, white, Jews, uh, everybody eats each other so is it all right so after this happened she did release uh an apology like on her twitter account which she like never does which is like really strange to me but i guess it it got really really uh 
um, bad that she had to release a statement where she apologized for. But what happened after she apologized was that she went on the late show with Stephen Colbert and then she kind of doubled down on um, her, what, what she said. So I'm going to also play that clip from the Stephen Colbert show. Ooh, made the tea be spilled. Good to see you again. And Good to see you. you again. And you. Now, you made some news this morning. Yes. On The yes, View. I did. When you all were talking about the Holocaust. Yeah. And w- w- would you care to uh, follow up? Clarify what you said this morning because it confused some people. It it upset a lot of people, which was never, ever, ever, ever my intention. I thought we were having a discussion uh, because I feel being black when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. Mm -hmm. So I said that I, I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And people got very, very, very angry and still are angry. I mean, I'm getting, you know, all of the, the mail from folks and the very real anger because people feel very differently. But I thought it was a, a salient discussion because as a black person, I think of race as being something that I can see. So I see you and I know what race you are. And the discussion was about how I felt about that. I felt that that it was really more about man's inhumanity to man and how horrible people can be to people. And we're seeing it manifest itself these days. But people were very angry and they said, no, no, we are a race. And I, I, I understand. I understand. I, I felt differently. I respect everything everyone is saying to me. And I... I you know, I don't want to fake apologize. You know, I, I was I very upset about, that people are misunderstood what I was saying. And so because of it, uh, they're saying that I'm anti-Semitic and that uh, I'm denying the Holocaust and all these other things, which, you know, would never occur to me to do. I thought we were having a discussion about race, which everyone I think is having. So Josh, how do you feel about this situation? Um, maybe I missed something, but did she ever at any point admit that the concept of race has changed over time? Um, I would have had to watch that entire interview that she had, which I did not. So I don't know. The way she's talking, it, I, I, it doesn't feel really sincere. It feels like she's trying to just end the problem. And um, for those who might not understand, as we all know, race is a social construct. And not only is it a social construct, it is a byproduct of its specific time, place, and culture. What may be racial categories and ethnic categories here in America may not even exist in a different country or specifically a different country at a different time in a different place. Um, it's, it's all made up. It's a powerful force, but it's all made up. And the dichotomy of race hasn't always been white and black or white, Asian, black, indigenous, whatever. Some of these groups were blended together. Some of these groups were separated. Um, white people are not to, I mean, they were not homogenous, and to a degree, they're still technically not. Um, 
white people hated other what may appear to be white people. And even though today, like, you look look at someone who may be, you know, the pale skin or, you know, palm color, as some of us call them, we may think white. But back in the day, they knew exactly what to look for to distinguish if someone with a lighter skin is not white. And again, we... It, it it was really ignorant for her to even like say what she said because we have clear evidence of racialization of Jewish people. We see it in tropes depicting how Jewish people quote unquote look. Um, even the lighter skin or white passing Jewish people had a certain look that was branded specifically by the Nazi party and also by society. And um, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating that she could be this person with all this money, supposedly all this education, doing all these things. All education? This I don't know. I don't know her background on that part. But being involved with discussions of race, race identity, blah, 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 blah. For her to just literally not know kind of pisses me off. And it makes me wonder. It's like, Whoopi, is your only part in the discussion about race only the parts that pertain directly to you and how how you experience things and also like how your people experience things? Because we're, all, we're only going to focus on ourselves. We will never actually solve the problem, which is the existence of race altogether. And racism is experienced differently in different groups of people. And even like today, one could argue that Jewish people are still a race. In other countries, in other areas, people can, they can coin, point, and know when someone's Jewish. And it's because anti-Semitism is one of our oldest forms of prejudice. Like as old as sexism and misogyny, we literally have documentation going all the way back to like, um, Mesopotamia, where the early groups of people, maybe not Mesopotamia, maybe a little bit after that, but basically that early on in history, we already see examples of groups ostracizing Jewish people for being who they are. It, it is an ancient form of prejudice, and it's, it's heavily embedded in our culture. And the fact that she, she treated it so trivially, like, why does this matter? And I'm over here like, well, as one group that's experienced genocide to another, I think we should like give the props and respect to Jewish people and their experience. And, you know, like, I, I don't know how to put it in the words. It felt like in the way she was explaining it, it she was like, well, if you compare kind of like deal, and I was like, no, if you compare, like they're both equally tragic and they're both equally about race. And it's just like different races get treated differently and white supremacy takes down different groups of races in different ways, if that all makes sense. And I just, I, I really don't feel like she's very sincere about it. I might need to go and like watch the rest of her interviews, but her responses were pretty sour in my mouth. So I will preface this by saying that what I'm about to say is not a justification for what she said, but an explanation. Um, because I, I have been watching The View since maybe like, I wanna say like, probably like high school. So I've been watching The View for about like, I wanna say like- Past 10 years, huh? Yeah, past 10 years. Um, 
I've seen a lot. And then even then I have gone back in my free time and watched older episodes of The View before like I started watching it like live. So what I really think, I want to say that Whoopi is not someone who I would take as someone who like, someone who like reads, like someone who would, I, I feel like have the like the knowledge that maybe we have had like a different like language for like what we consider to what we consider like race and racism to be. There are people in the panel like Sonny Hostin who like are knowledgeable that like race is a social construct and that like racism is not just like prejudice to like your skin color, but it's like about a system of like power. So I feel like she is just ignorant to the fact about the current like conversations and discourses about race and racism and that's Mm -hmm. why I feel like she said that to begin with because I feel like out of all the times that I have been watching The View Whoopi has said a lot of shit um, on The View that is like really questionable and so have other people who have been on the panel um, people who in the panel who I think should have also been given not even just a two-week suspension, but they should have been fired from some of the shit they've said. But I digress. I feel like, as, like, Joy Behar has said that, like, who has been on The View longer than Whoopi, that, like, they have been talking about anti-Semitism on The View uh, since, like, Joy Behar has been on The View. They've had, like, uh, I don't like her, but her name is Barry Wise. She's been on The View to talk about anti-Semitism. She wrote, like, the book on anti-Semitism, apparently. She came on The View when she when they started to talk about uh, Ilhan Omar being, quote, anti-Semitic. I think Whoopi is just ignorant. Um, and I think that just comes with, like, her age and her not maybe, like, uh, reading and just being aware of, like, what's happening right now. And so that's, and then I don't think she wrote that apology. I think somebody else wrote that apology that she published on like her social media page. And I feel like if you, like when you listen to the very first clip, there are people who are trying to push back on the panel, like Joy, Sonny, and Anna Navarro. Uh, Even later in that clip, Anna Navarro tried to correct Whoopi again by saying like Nazism is about white supremacy. White supremacy is literally about like, uh, about uh, racial inferiority. And like, you know, so... Whoopi is a very stubborn person. Um, she does not like to be corrected. Um, and I feel like she probably did not see this as something that was going to blow up until this kind of like uh, fiasco that it is because she says a lot of shit on The View and she has always gotten kind of like backlash on social media um, from different communities, which is why she like her catchphrase is just like save your emails, save your tweets because I... Because, you know, because she she's always said shit that's gotten her, like, in trouble. Um, so she probably thought it was just going to be another instance where, like, oh, you know, some people she was trending for a while. It was maybe, like, what, like, in page six or, like, the Daily Mail or some shit. And it kind of blew over like that. So, and I don't think that she probably understood, like, the graphs of, like, the, the severity, uh, the severeness of, like, how bad this was. Um, but I think that she is, I think she's one of those people that's, like, the fact that people are like calling her anti-Semitic just makes her like even more I don't know why but I feel like it makes her even more stubborn because she is just like you know like how could I do that and she just doesn't want to back down from her opinions and she has never really been one to like back down from the last time I remember her like literally like having to back down from her opinion 
was when they had to bring on the ABC legal analyst to explain to her about like sexual assault as like a legal like phenomenon um, because it, ABC was getting so much backlash about her literally defending a rapist. So oh my God, that is, and that like, I, like I wrote like an entire list of like all the things that I have felt have been controversial on the, on the view um, that I felt like people probably have, they, the racist, misogynistic, xenophobic class things that they have said. Like I have, first of all, in 1993, Whoopi, her at the time boyfriend, Ted Danson, and I know it was like the 90s, whatever, but he did blackface um, at her roast uh, when she- Oh you know. my God. Uh, in 2015, that was when she defended Bill Cosby. She also defended some, when they were having a talk about a panel about racism, Laverne Cox was on this panel. She was defending this racism against Obama when someone told Obama, like, can you pump the gas? In my-? Like they didn't, rec- they apparently didn't recognize Obama. Um, in 20, 2006, Rosie O'Donnell, she mocked Asian accents. She literally said the phrase Ching Chong and she was not fired. Um, in 2011, Barbara Walters, the creator of the show, she said the N-word and Sherry Shepard had to tell her, like, I don't feel comfortable with you saying the N-word to me. In 2015, Raven Simone admitted that she was discriminatory to people who had, quote, ghetto names, so that she would not hire someone if they had a ghetto name. Oh, my God. Kelly Osbourne, she was a guest. She literally said, and I quote, Donald Trump, if you deport all the Mexicans, who's going to be cleaning your toilets? Even though she said she didn't admit, she didn't mean for it to come out and sound that way. Uh, In 2015, Candace Cameron Bure, she got hired. She was a guest, but she got hired for this exact moment when they were discussing the wedding cake, uh, you know, gay rights battle, saying that it was a constitutional right for us to deny service for people that we don't want to associate ourselves with, which were at the time gay people, ABC said, let's hire her because she got no, into a they fight. Did. Yes, because she got into a fight with Raven Simone. And so they said, oh, this is going to be perfect. This is going to be good ratings. They literally hired her because of that. 2017, uh, Sarah Haynes says that she had been discriminated against like a white woman, but it wasn't the same as slavery, but it still was discrimination. Um, because she said that she felt whenever Black people told her that she knew what she was talking about when she talked about Black Lives Matter, that it was really just like a dismissal of her because she was white. Uh, in 2018, McCain, Megan McCain, who is just racist, first of all, said that... Uh, Period. She literally alluded to... Not even alluded, she literally talked... I was listening to, listening to this clip while I was on the phone with Leslie where Megan McCain talked about an international superhighway of illegal immigrants. And I use illegal immigrants in quote. That's her quote, not mine. Um, in 2018, Abby Huntsman said that she did not agree that athletes should kneel for protest. In 2018, Joy Behar said that if Jesus talks to you, that you're mentally ill. Uh, in 2019, <laughs> Megan McCain defended the racist practice of legacy admissions. In 2020, Megan McCain used an Asian slur during the pandemic, China virus. Um, in 2020, when a Black woman confronted Joy Behar about her Blackface, which Joy Behar did do Blackface, she said that... Um, she, they first of all, when they pulled the picture, they put the blackface picture of Jay Bell on the view. And when Raven Simone said, Are you in blackface? She said, No, I'm giving, I'm giving an homage to someone who's of color. Um, Joe Bayhart told her that the black community had her back on that situation. Um, <laughs> I don't remember agreeing to that. Uh, yeah. And then they've had Ann Colt on the show several times, who was just like a, a, a well known racist. So I'm, I'm very shocked. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not shocked, but like, the view has had this is not even everything the view has had a history of like people saying shit that has been racist anti-semitic and all of xyz above that's what i have to say about that um i 
there are people like leaks and sources saying that Whoopi Goldberg is threatening to quit The View, which I feel like if she just quits The View, then that just proves that like she has learned nothing. I mean, you're right. It, it, this kind of echoes back um, to an article that I was just like peeping at before this started, talking about like the one of the greater issues that came with this scenario is realizing like the state of our media, like news media, because the view is considered under news media. Um, it's a part of, I think, CNN. I think that's what the article said. It's and it, huh? It's ABC. ABC, that's it. And it was emphasizing that the issue here is that no longer is the news media about delivering information, educating, informing. Oh. It is all entertainment. Okay. And like the fact that they let on a racist for the sheer fact it would heighten views is definitely something that told me mm, something about this just ain't right. Okay. So, act, okay. So, no, okay. So, I would not consider The View to be news media. And I this is something that I teach my students about um, because I teach information literacy uh, and like news media literacy. So like, and this is something I've also talked to other people about as well. So this this really like started to like happen where there was like this like confusion about what's considered like real like news and like journalism uh, because like around 2015, like there before 2015, there was like a pretty good sense of like, what's considered punditry and like commentary and like op-ed and then what's considered like real news journalism. Like that was pretty, there was a pretty distinct line, I argue, before 2015. But 2015 and like to now, like there have been a lot more like punditry and like political, and I would label the view as like punditry and like political commentary. Cause like the only journalist on that table in the panel is Sarah Haynes used to be like a sports journalist and then she was like a co-anchor for like a, a news uh, Good Morning America. And then Sunny Hostin, she has been, she has a degree in journalism. Um, and she used to be like a journalist and performing like <clears throat> legal, she did like legal correspondence. Uh, but this show, The View, is not meant to be news. It is like entertainment. It is punditry. But I know a lot of people will watch things like CNN. They'll have like talking heads. And it's if you don't look at the bottom of the screen or you don't know what a like a uh, political analyst or a political commentator is and you see uh -huh. something about it or someone says, oh, I'm a Democratic strategist. I'm a Republican strategist. Like these are people who are not reporting facts. They're reporting their, their opinions. But they talk with so much like... Uh, intellectual and like uh like uh political language that it sounds like they're really reporting the news but they're really just giving like their own opinion which i mean bias is fine but like people take the op-ed the opinion the commentary as like news journalism and people are starting to expect they they see like commentary and they will like blame it like on like the like the news being too biased or the news is not like real news anymore when in fact, mm -hmm. like since 1996, when The View came out, it has never once been a, a show that like broadcasted itself as being like a news channel or like a journalism. Um, and for the most, the problem, I don't think it, I really can't, maybe Fox News does this, but like for the things that I watched in a political commentary, I never once seen them try to like act as if uh, punditry is journalism, but they do not like distinctly say like, for everyone watching, like this is this is not like journalism because it's usually like an anchor who is a journalist.
But like, I guess they just assume that people know that like they can they can discern between journalism and like punditry. But that's just an issue of people not being literate and knowing what the difference is. It is concerning though. Like I find like the concept of you interesting. But we have so many, it's like so many celebrities giving comments on like social, social political issues. I mean, in the degree we're doing the same, but like they have like no other credentials. Maybe some of them on there have credentials, but like Whoopi, I'm like Raven Simone. I'm over here like the only credentials they have is that they're rich and famous. Why are their opinions that important? to put on a show like this well what do they they've been okay. living up large i can answer this because i have read books about behind i know about the view so the view has gone through stages when the view was first created it was never really meant to be this like political commentary show it was really just supposed to be a show about like five four to five women really four talking about just like hot topics it could range from like celebrity culture to like pop culture they did there have been times where the view has been strictly just pop culture but, but it depends on like what is more newsworthy at the time so there have been times where like the view is more new like it's more uh it brings better ratings to talk about what's happening in like pop culture and, and about like celebrity gossip and stuff like that and they have they hire specific people on like you you'll if you know about the, like the inside stories like people have been hired for like one year and like uh for example, Nicole Wallace, she was a director of communications for like in the White House. She did several political campaigns. Like she's like an actual like political like person. She was hired onto The View for like one season. Um, but at that time, they they had just gotten done with like The View being very like politically like engaged. And so they hired her to be very politically engaged. But then it turned out that at the time when she was hired, Politics was not the thing that people were like talking about at the time. It was more so celebrity gossip. It was like Kardashian like level shit. And she could not talk about that because she only knew about politics. So she was fired. But what happened was they didn't realize that when she got fired, it was like right before Trump got elected and they didn't or start running. They didn't realize that the view would turn into this huge, massive like political show. And so uh they'd hire some other people who own like uh, like Michelle Collins, a comedian, actors, you know, celebrities, stuff like that, who could talk oh. about culture, but they couldn't talk about politics. Whoopi just has been on The View because she's been a moderator at the time. And when she was hired, it was more so celebrity gossip, pop culture. So that, and she just hasn't been taken off the show because for, a lo- the, for the longest, she had brought very good ratings. So that's why you have celebrities and people who are like actors talking about politics. And why you have sometimes you have people who like have like law degrees and journalists talking about like, Kim Kardashian's butt. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Okay, we have to, you do have one brief point because we have to move on because I promised I was going to keep this at 30 minutes, but now it's at 25. So (laughs) anything else you want to say about Whoopi? Nah, I'm good. (laughs) I don't care for at this moment. Oh my God. Okay, yes. Okay, let's move on to our second topic. All right. So Josh and I graduated from the University of Montevallo. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, that is a, the only public liberal arts college in Alabama. And we have our home competition because we don't have a football team. We have something called college science to give you a very, very like generic, generalized 
it's like a musical it's like competitive musical theater there are other things that go into college night that we can talk about but like the the biggest thing is that at the our school we don't like play against like another team we have our school is divided into two side purple side gold side and they're just the they're called that because that's just like our school colors um and we compete against each other uh, like the final like showdown if you will is like a, a competitive musical theater and then you know the side whatever sides win wins whatever side loses loses so we're just going to talk about like our experience because we're around the time right now where people are they're like preparing for college night because college mm-hmm. night, i think like next week so let's just talk about college night josh what was your experience with college night like um i really enjoyed it um i didn't get to really get into college night <laughs> sorry i got cat hair in my mouth <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay um so I didn't get to get really get into college not my first year, but my first year at Montevallo, it was more so like the culture part that I was more involved in, um, being a part of a purple family, having like a purple mom, aka for those who don't understand, it's kind of like bigs and littles and sororities and fraternities. They they're meant to be a mentor to the degree, um, kind of like ease in newbies into like Montevallo culture what it means to for for purple side to teach us what it means to be a purple sometimes for some people they were really good friends others good support systems at other times they a were lot of family shit. drama <laughs> people be fucking their purple parents now wait a minute now <laughs> well, <laughs> who are you talking about I can't remember specifically, but oh, I remember sophomore year. It was like a whole to do. Then the whole family like fell apart. I don't know whose family it was, but man, that was some spicy times. Um, but I I thoroughly enjoy it. It is a unique cultural experience. It is the Montevallo experience. Um, I can't talk much for Goldside. I don't think any of us can. <laughs> I don't not know much what to talk about. I'll say that. I, I really don't know what gold side culture is other than winning or trying to win. Ah! (laughs) They don't really show us anything. Like I think purple side was a really well planned out (laughs) side. We we were developed to have a culture. The culture was family units and working together as a family and making college not all throughout the year. It's honestly when I first started college, uh, when I first started Montevallo, I was told that they had like associates, <laughs> oh like God. business style, and I'm like, oh hell no! Oh. Now they can sing. I ain't gonna lie, the competitive motherfuckers can sing. That that gold side song is real nice. If Purple Side could get some good singers up on it and a good structure. We can get those harmonies too, while also letting the tone deaf people sing with us. <laughs> mm. But um, I, I love it. It it made me closer to my friends. Um, when I participated in it, I was in pit orchestra with me, with Aaron, and then also I've done cowtails with Leslie Ann Smith. As our fearless leader, they will always be the best cowtails we've ever had. You got that right. Uh, single-handedly expanded the purpose and the necessity of cowtails by aiding all parts of Purple Side instead of just 
self-feeding, self-centered, egotistical. Now you know what? <laughs> let's let's. I'm. That's what I want. That's what I want to talk about. I wanted to be a bitch. So let's I'll, do it. I'll talk about my. <laughs> I I I don't know anything about gold. So besides the fact that I fucked a gold. Um. Yeah, so. you did, didn't you? Anyway, man, um, that must have been rough. <laughs> Since she was his associate. <laughs> um, I fucked him several times, actually. Um, <laughs> for four years. Anyway, I I was I got involved in uh college night. I want to say my freshman year. Yeah, my freshman year, I was involved in college night. Uh. And I played in a pit orchestra for four years. My very last year, I decided not to play because I wanted to actually watch it. Because if, if you're, if you don't think about musical theater, if you're in the pit, you cannot see the stage. I can't all. see anything. And because the University of Montevallo does not want to ever actually record and maintain the plays, you never get, you, there's a good chance that you might not ever get to see it. Second of all, watching it like on video is like a whole different experience than like watching it live in person. Oh, yeah. So my last year, I got to watch live in person. I like, cry because i was like oh my god i've never got i never got to experience this um so i cannot wait to go back as a vintage i will not be going back this year because of covid so i'll hopefully be able to go back next year when i was we ought to hang out when i was in pit orchestra what really grind my gears tell us what grinded the gears was first of all the purple hierarchy i think is absolute garbage um, and I, this is something that I will give gold side. This will be the only thing I'm going to give them. The fact that we, this whole like system of like royalty and nobility and like people, purple parents and like the cast, I, no disrespect to anybody, actually disrespect. Yes, just major disrespect. Anybody that's been inside of cast, they are just, they are disrespectful. They are arrogant. They're egotistical. They are just self-absorbed. And I get it. Maybe you're just playing the role of like an actor. And that's like how actors act, whatever. No, they literally think their shit's made out of gold. I I just don't understand it. I have never had an experience. Every time I've had, I've I, I played in college for four fucking years. And I don't think any, the athletes don't ever get respect. The pit orchestra don't ever get respect. Uh, cowtails didn't get respect until Leslie started being Cowtails head. I feel like nobody got respect except for the cast and i get it because like the cast like you know the players like the worth the most points whatever and like that's what everyone really comes to see you know but Mm -hmm. the cast the cast i have never had a pleasant experience with it i don't understand i get that you are y'all are up late and you know rehearsing and shit but y'all are so fucking bitchy and rude it just it ruins the whole spirit of college time when i have to sit in a fucking pit and just like see how rude and like dismissive they are to other people as if they're not important. And another thing about college night, this is something that pissed me off when I tried to apply to be on cabinet and I did not get it. Why do we have people out here in, in purple side? I don't know about gold side, but on purple side, got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 13, 40, 55, different cabinet positions. I feel like you need to have one cabinet position. And if you are on cabinet, you do not need to be in the cast because I'm gonna tell you this. I feel like every time we had somebody who was in cash trying to do cabinet, they could not do both jobs at the same fucking time. So I don't understand why mm-hmm. cast positions and cabinet positions, and why people out here got five, nine, ten, a hundred thousand different cabinet positions. I, I oh, love um, I love it to death. I love the families that I had, even though my family is completely disbanded at this point because I don't think there's a single. I, I guess my purple daughter 
uh, is probably the only, <laughs> purple, that's the only part of my purple family that is like legit because at the time, I mean, I guess you could say I, I got a, yeah, I got a purple side divorce. Um, I'm not, I'm no longer friends with my purple, my ex purple husband. Um, and my other purple, <laughs> other purple child that I had, um, I'm no longer friends with him either. Um, that was not my fault, so that was never mind. Anyway, 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 Josh, you're talking about college. So, some of the the shade and tea to continue it. Um, so it part of the biggest issues with cast is that all the other positions, if like we came to practice drunk, we got kicked out. Oh, oh, oh. But supposedly, ah! Cass can come up on that stage drunk, high as hell, Josh. not giving two shits of the fuck about uh, the show. Josh, let's not miss- <laughs> and no. they not having any consequence. Josh, but you no. know what? I hear. Well, Josh, I don't mean no, to. I don't. Talking about I, that. I've been hearing. No, we don't that purple side been cleaning their asses up and getting serious Josh, and whooping some ass. <laughs> Wait. Wait, Josh, we do not need to be talking about that. We don't, need to, we don't need to be spreading no drama because it's it's a serious They issue. did it themselves on Twitter. Everybody saw that shit. I will say this, though. When I did go to rehearsal, me and Mary at the time, when we were, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was the year that Jonathan Mendoza was, uh, was, um. Dr- uh, director? Yes. Um, oh, God bless his heart. Uh, that he, when he was conductor, Mary, I'm gonna leave his name out, showed up drunk. And Mary and I, we took a couple of shots before coming to rehearsal as well. Um, but we never showed up drunk, but that did show up to rehearsal drunk one day. I think can get away with that though. Why can he get away with it? I'm not saying I agree with it, but I just think his personality, like people just, they just kind of like look past. <laughs> it's like, if why would you be mad? I just feel like I don't. My issues like, with it being systemic. Listen, <laughs> listen. So the issue that I'm I'm have with what you said before, is because I I know we all saw it on Twitter, <laughs> but like, <laughs> uh, and apparently it's going around on Yikyak, and I know you're in the area, so if you have a Yikyak, you probably saw it on Yikyak. <laughs> I need to take a look. But the, I don't, I don't, you know, the, the image that we're going to have promoting this episode, it's going to be about college time. And I do imagine that some people are going to listen to this episode about college time. And I don't want to be helping contribute to like a drama inside of college time. So um, I, I just think it may not be appropriate for us to talk about that specific incident. Oh, I mean, the whole drink and smoking thing, that's been a decade, lo- probably longer than I a decade. Mean, to be honest, Decades yeah. long issue. And it all comes back to like, we like Purple Side has won a couple times, but like it always feels like we've won sitting on the edge of our seats, flying blind. Um, and I think it is from a lack of seriousness. And also, you go back to the whole royalty thing. Like, I think that's shit. I'm tired of it. Because it's very clear that the purple side leaders are chosen through nepotism. And, like... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And also, I think there needs to be a better system of choosing cabinet members. I don't think it should be everyone's best friend, XYZ, XYZ. I think there should be a neutral party on the selection board to ensure that on um, both sides, their cabinets, well, you know, gold or purple... 
You know what? That they have qualified people in it. You know what? So ooh, I, I want to hear your thoughts about qualification. I applied to be on cabinet one time. I applied to be the secretary because I was like, you know what? I like secretary of shit. Um, and when I, I interviewed when Tyon and McKenzie were uh, leaders. Oh, I love you, Tyon. If you're listening, I love you, Tyon. Love you, Tyon. I, when I walked into my audition, not audition, my interview with my resume that had purple glitter all over it, I was told that they wanted to have a different kind of like role for the secretary because they had said in the past the secretary had been just like a role that people fill when they wanted to run for run for purple side leader. I let them know ahead of time. I said, I have no desire to ever run for purpose leader because that's not something I ever want to do. So you don't have to worry about me trying to use his role as a like a as leverage to become, you know, purpose leader. And I guess I was not qualified because I did not know the extent of like what like a secretary did, which really was like, you know, you're literally like the second in command to like the purple side leaders. You do a little bit of everything, uh, which at the time, I probably would not have been able to do because of, like, my own kind of, like, insecurity. And, like, the people at Montevallo are not nice. <laughs> Just FYI. But the person that they hired for or chose for uh, secretary instead of me was which at the time I was like, uh, okay, whatever. But then the next year, became Purple Side leader. And I was like, so was that a lie? Or did, did like, who lied? Did, like, Ty and McKenzie lie? Or did the line so he want to go run for side leader so i'm just confused about i was confused about that qualifications um in the music section we had some unqualified people and i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> you're right you're right you're right oh my god with the way <sighs> Oh God! Some of that music. <laughs> Some of them plays. First of all, okay, let's okay, Josh. What was your favorite purple side play and your least favorite purple side play? Um, what was my favorite purple side play? What was the? I know all of them from our times. So if you need help, I can tell you. See, there was the New York one. There was the Broadway one, which was called. I never got to see the pirate one. Showtime was the pirate. Uh, the pirate show. I can't remember what that was called. Oh, I think it was called All Hands on Deck. I think it was called. Yeah. All Hands on Deck was the first. Was the one we saw our freshman year. Uh, the second one was the. Was it Showtime? I don't think it was Showtime. Was that the New York one? Yes. I don't think that was it. And we then had, what was All Hands on Deck, Showtime, we had Cold Purple, we had the Centennial one, the murder mystery. <laughs> that one sucked. Oh uh, stand on my grave. The, the, uh, Anyone can rewrite the script of Clue. <laughs> <laughs> the, magic, the magic show, which was my last year. What was the other one? Um Damn. The magic show is the one we won, wasn't it? Yes. What? Wait, what was the one that we... So my favorite... I think I like... I really liked the Code Purple. Mm-hmm. But um, some things could have been better, but to reasons we can't discuss or even know why, there was a direct tragedy with all the Purple Side music. And it had to all be rewritten nearly last minute. 
how unfortunate. God bless Ryan Woody Meyer for having to endure that. Um, <coughs> what was your least favorite? <laughs> the fucking centennial one. Wow. It's, okay. It's we, oh, that's, that is, Josh, that's really controversial. It, you know what? It really did suck. Like, no, it didn't. No, you yeah, suck. Oh, really did. No, no. Okay, go for, ahead. For the occasion it was, I'm like, y'all gave y'all put shit on a platter and handed it to us. Oh, like, this is the Josh, fucking centennial. We should have went big. We should have went bold. We should have, it should have been like fireworks. Josh. I was sitting there, I was like, why do I feel like I'm watching a play from the 1954? Oh, Josh, wait. <laughs> Wait, okay, so my favorite is also Cold Purple. It's the only one that has ever made me actually cry. Um, my least favorite is Showtime. I, You know what? That was a fucking hot mess. It was a hot mess, and I'm going to tell you what was a hot mess. One, because the person who wrote it didn't know how to write a play. Uh, he's a He was a very good purple leader, but this is what happened when you have a purple leader and a script writer. Second of all, the the acting, the the music... That was the play that one of the choreographer, which is a cast, a cabinet position, was also in the play. The composer was also in the play. So we had these people who had these cabinet positions who were also in the play. The music was because the composer was in the show. Um, the dancing was not as good because the choreographer was in the show. These are my opinions. You are free to disagree with me. Oh, I, I, agree. I liked the murder mystery one. I liked the music. I liked the dancing. I what's what's interesting though is that if we talk about Goldside, is that the show that won that year, it caused quite a controversy on Montevallo's campus. Do you remember? And that? I really liked it, honestly. But do you remember the controversy? I it was such a stretch. There, I'm oh. like, so okay. I'm me sitting there watching it. The only way there was nothing that directly alluded to assault. And I'm like, that's not even like what this was about. It's about peer pressure and becoming something that you're not. Just to be able to function. And I'm like, it was dark. It was depressing. I loved it because it, they, they took something that was the centennial and they went the route that was completely different than what they've ever done. Okay, but Josh, at the same time, the centennial, the rules were to create a show about Montevallo about like that gives off like Montevallo vibes which we did for our show their show had nothing to do with Montevallo it was a list of show where they literally the entire time just mocked purple side that was that was their what does it mean to be at Montevallo like it was the, the, the centennial was to bring about and promote like Montevallo vibes which we did they just mocked purple side the entire fucking show which is great if you want to do that but like for the centennial it, they they did not understand the assignment fundamentally. I personally think the theme was holding holding purple side back pretty darn well. Okay, well, uh, that's okay. So thing. maybe yeah, they didn't meet the theme, but as a play, it was significantly more interesting. Not to me. I, I really liked the murder mystery one. Like, yeah, it did feel very cluey, but like at the same time, first of all, the music like. We have plastic, baby. I'm plastic. Like, come on. We had, we had. Um, I don't even remember what the songs were. They were so blah. Oh my god! They had the they had one of the they that music was so different than that shit that, that we had. Jailhouse rhythms, 
the the deep suit deep sea blues whatever the fuck it's called and raise some hell that same fucking number that we did every fucking time that same fucking jazzy bluesy number no which i mean goes out it's the same shit every year too which is tap dancing god is tap dancing god but yes all right well um we we need to start wrapping this up so uh any final thoughts you have to say about college night josh uh you know, minus all the drama and the intricacies, it truly is one of the best experiences of Montevallo. And um, I think that it's something that needs to be experienced, something that at least for two or three years, you really plug yourself into. And, you know, you make, you make the experience of college night. It's not, not the atmosphere. It's the choices you make and how willing you you choose to let it become important. And when you cross that threshold, you really see what all the other, you know, the alumni see and what those on the stage see and those are making the performance. You will truly see that it's life-changing. Great. And all I will say is that uh, PV, bitches, purple motherfucking victory to the people who are on purple side working. Purple side, the day we die. I'm not a gold, but the sex with the gold was good. So we're going to end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to end the podcast here. Uh, Remember to follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBrewPod. If you want to be a guest on our show, DM us on Twitter or Instagram or email us. Um, And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.